So uh, you guys remember last week when uh, we were geeking out over the Kevin Conroy shout out. Did you get another one? And we were talking about, you know, who we could possibly get next. And uh, we floated the idea of, of Harrison Ford. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, I took Matt's advice and got us Anthony Ingruber. No yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> On Solo, I'm Captain Morning Falcon. You know, Chewie and I are often asked what we like to listen to on the radio when we're bumming around in space in the Falcon. I like to listen to the Salty Nerd Podcast, which is run by Matt Jude and my vocal nemesis, Alex. <laughs> He's not that bad, though. Nice. Well, thank you, Anthony. That was wonderful. And I am nowhere near as talented as you are. <laughs> However, I wish someday that I could be. <laughs> it is my goal. But last week, Matt said, maybe we could get Anthony Ingram. Yeah. And I was like, maybe we could. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't know how you're doing this, man. This is crazy. But uh, I, uh, I, It's uh, nice to have Han Solo give a shout out to the, uh, the podcast. That's fantastic, man. Thank you. Cheers to Anthony. Cheers. Nice. Uh, it wouldn't be any different from it is right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, all three we're, listeners. We're going to keep on, keep it on. We'll just be listening to ourselves. Yeah. The, the panel here is probably uh, greater than the sum of our listenership. So. <laughs> well, we'll be like I Am Legend, just sending out that radio. Like, every, we're here. We're here every Wednesday <laughs> of every week if at 9 a.m. Oh, you hear about Jared Leto? Yeah. No, what happened to that him? Oh, he came back from like a retreat or something. He, and it was like, what's yeah, going on? He, yeah, he was he was like in a isolation retreat for like twelve days with like no cell phone or anything. And he comes back and he, he he's like he's like Jesus, what happened? Who does he think he is? Jesus? I should have stayed in the like wander in the desert for twelve. He's days. a weird guy. He is a weird guy. <laughs> Are we going to start this thing? We should probably. I don't start know. This thing. Oh, we usually just cares? go into it when we're talking. Let's just yeah. hang out and infect each other. Boom. It's a good plan. Dude, that was a good movie. What? 28 Days. Yeah, I saw it a long time ago, but I remember it being freaky. I'm looking at what apocalypse do you want to start movies. With? Um, I think we should start with Alex doing the traditional intro. Sounds great. Did we have a traditional intro? Welcome back to another episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. I am your host and aspiring voice actor in <laughs> cahoots with Anthony Ingruber. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony Ingruber's vocal nemesis. <laughs> vocal nemesis. I dig it. I, I hope I, that gives me some class. I, I, I told him that you get really jealous of people with nice voices. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> 
now I'm upset that you're not jealous of me. <laughs> I haven't heard enough of your work yet, Jude. Oh. But I, I'm sure I will be. When you do tampon commercials, I'll be like, God damn it, I should be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. I'm no, out. I did a pad commercial and I played it for him. <laughs> Matt's like, what are pads? I did one for Jaguar, too. Oh, you did that one? Yeah, it's really good. I like that one. I was practicing it at work the other day because I like I'm alone all the time, so uh-huh. I just like practice weird things by myself, like voiceovers. All by myself. There you go. You got the pitch. Don't down. wanna be. Oh, that was a good movie. All right, we're gonna talk. Okay, today's episode we're gonna be discussing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> We're going to be discussing streaming services and the uh, the studio's reaction to the coronavirus and uh, what they're going to do in the future hey, to you need, you offer. You need to say that more respectfully. The coronavirus. This is a very serious the, thing. The China virus. The, China virus. the Chinese virus. Oh my God, that okay. sounded like vagina virus. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's the point. That's it. The vagina that's virus. That's why Trump says it that way. The, the vagina virus. <laughs> He's laughing to himself he in his head. Every single time. This is going to piss off. You guys so know what I did? You know what I did? <laughs> Nobody China. even knows. He nudges Pence on the side, like, hey, did you hear that? Pence. It's like, <laughs> I, I, Pence, Pence isn't allowed to say it. Pence is like, do you get it? I'm just waiting for them to play that meow game from uh, Super Troopers while they're doing a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting, I'm waiting for Pence to have his. Uh, I'm waiting for Pence to have his Biden moment where he like told somebody to cough <laughs> off camera That's with right. the hot mic. That would be. I would vote for him instantly. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the the coronavirus task force just takes bets off what they can get away with saying <laughs> during his press conference. What did that lady say? It's like something about gaming where it's like I got up to level four. I didn't know you could get up to level eight. Something like that. Like, she was like, and the millennials are so good at gaming yeah. because they they taught me that you could go from level four to level seven without yeah. even skipping That's, a beat. Yeah, the, like, this what this, this, she this is a world-renowned doctor who's like talking nonsense <laughs> at, at so the mic. They were, they were like, just do 15 minutes. <laughs> well, you, you know, when, like, comedy is dead. We need medical when, when I was, uh, up there doing minutes. When I was doing professional marketing back in Hollywood. Back in Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. Um, we, I used to go to these like live like seminars and events and stuff and I was uh, friends with all the guys who were running the shows and they used to have were, they right? used to have bets where they were like uh, they would try to work in um, words that describe sexual acts into their presentations <laughs> without without people knowing about it. So like like everyone would be like okay you have to work in mushroom brews into, into, into your into your uh, your speech dirty Sanchez yeah dirty Sanchez like like that was le- legit one of them and so like everyone would be like up there on stage and all of a sudden you'd hear like them like slip in like one of these like sex acts in, uh-huh. into their into their speech and, and we'd all be in the back like. <laughs> I just imagine that's what like the oh. the, the coronavirus. I went up to my mother's from. attic and I found a rusty trombone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Movies. Well, we were going to introduce everyone. Oh, that's right. I am joined. We got derailed. I am joined <laughs> by the barbarian himself, master of all nerds, <laughs> Matt Vader, seventy four. Look, doing, <laughs> doing research because <laughs> he hasn't watched anything <laughs> that we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> doing his show prep on the show. <laughs> Just got his phone out looking at post-apocalyptic what, movies. What's up, what's up guys? <laughs> uh, I'm also joined once again by Jude Juju. Uh, uh, um, Just some am- chick. 
<laughs> ambassador of estrogen. Ambassador of estrogen. I forgot what your title was. Ambassador of... Am- oh, my God. Some dumb bitch you- on the show. <laughs> Already drunk at 10 a.m. Reader of books and ambassador of estrogen herself. Thank Welcome you for to having me. I'm also joined by Matthew Kadish, author of the Earthman Jack Saga and... The new series of books, Lawmen. That's right. <laughs> Today's episode, we're going to be discussing the studio's reaction to the coronavirus and what they're going to do for uh, the com- customer as far as taking th- theater releases and moving them straight to streaming. Mm-hmm. How this could affect the future of the how industry. This, yeah, how this is dooming the future of theatrical releases and uh, what it means to live in 2020. That's what we're talking about today? <laughs> Among other things. I sent Should you the show the notes three times. I'm looking at a hockey mask and shoulder pad retails. Now to like stock up on gasoline. Too. Demolition Man and Mad Max. <laughs> We've been preparing for this day for a long time. Mm-hmm. Us movie nerds, we know what to do. Mm-hmm. You need a mohawk, color it red. <laughs> Does Cloverfield count? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I guess so. Cloverfield's a not exactly a movie, not, not exactly a pandemic, movie. but now twelve Cloverfield Lane, that would count. Virginia is for eaters and drinkers, all kinds of eaters and drinkers, for oyster shuckers and slurpers, winery samplers or all-day wine drinkers, brewery hoppers and distillery sippers, for those who order grits and those who order cheese grits. We all know what the right way to order is. For barbecue triers who turn into finger lickers and meat off the bone suckers. Mm. All right, all this talk of food is making me hungry. I gotta go get some mac and cheese. Like I was saying, Virginia is for all sorts of food lovers. So come love it for yourself. How should you plan for when your home becomes too small? Or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank, equal housing lender. Also, alien invasions count. Yeah. Oh, that was okay, the apocalypse. Cool. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> You're just scrolling through IMDb? Uh-huh. You cheater. All right. Anyway, we're not there yet. Well, I am, but you go ahead and do your thing, man. So, so to fine. finish Alex's We're going to just we're, talk about stuff, and then when yeah. we get to that, yeah. he's going to be ready. We're, I'm, like, not, I'm not editing AF. this show. We're, we're, so. we're talking about the impact on Hollywood from the <laughs> coronavirus. We're talking about yeah. our favorite uh, apocalypse movies, and we're talking about Westworld Season 3. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll be gone by that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it for it. last, then. <laughs> if you want a real analysis of Westworld Season 3, you can go to Hacks Dogma's channel. He has some spot-on, amazing analysis of that of that TV show. And uh, I would like to thank him personally, because he, I'm a big fan of his YouTube channel, and uh, he helps me understand that show. So, thank you, Hacks. And I also bought his book. Which is awesome. Go buy Cyclic on Amazon. Have you ever watched uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Nolan's other show, uh, Person of Interest? Uh, bits of it, yeah. I'm not really into crime dramas, though. It, it's actually, it, it kind of veers into sci-fi, and it deals with a lot of the same themes that are being explored in Westworld about like uh, artificial intelligence and how it has the capacity to become godlike and rule over humanity. Mm. And uh, Person of Interest was an excellent TV show, and when you watch... Uh, Westworld, it's made by the same people, and so they have a lot of the the same kind of themes going on in there about like what it means to be human, uh, technology's role in our society going forward, how technology could surpass humanity and become a god, basically, unto itself. 
and how we worship technology as opposed to gods nowadays. Like yeah. there's lots of stuff in there that's very, very interesting, really cool sci-fi hmm. kind of it, themes. You know, another show I, I've never really finished it, but I always thought it was really good was uh, Fringe. It's kind of like that sci. Uh, you don't like that show? I tried to like it. Um, it just never appealed to me. I, I didn't like the actors in it. I didn't like the writing. That's another Akiva Goldsman show who, for those of you who don't know, he's the guy behind Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. And oh, well, I liked Fringe. Stuff. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun. He, know, also, he, he also did Batman and Robin. <laughs> you can't knock and it out of an Oscar winning screenwriter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one bad mark on your list and you're just done. How sad was the St. Patrick's Day? Yeah. It, it got canceled. Nobody got, even said Happy St. Patrick's Day. Not even a word. It didn't yeah. trend on Twitter. Nothing. Uh-uh. It was just dead. Yeah. They still, um, in Chicago, they still turned the, the oh, water that's, green. That's great. That's mm-hmm. environmentally friendly. Awesome. <laughs> they that's, do it every year. It's that's, a tradition. That's not why the coronavirus is trying to kill us all. That's not at all. It's food coloring. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Tell that to the dead fish. <laughs> the food coloring came from China. <laughs> It's Gina. God, this, vagina. This Gina. Pod, this podcast is just so off the rails. <laughs> it's because Jude's here. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's because. You're going to get me fired. <laughs> She's already lost one I job. Do, I don't need to get fired twice in one week. I can't fire anybody. <laughs> Worst I can do is change locations. Here's what I do know with the end of all this if we all go blind and I have to learn how to read ropes. <laughs> I'm going to get really oh pissed my off. God. That's like my favorite thing you've ever said. <laughs> and that's a reference to our earlier podcast scene. That, that we gave up on after a, a drunken evening. Chet, chet, chet. Because <laughs> that's how that all started. That's right. A virus that wiped out. Fucking virus. All but 5%. I can't see. They're stocking up on tires and water bottles. God damn. All right, so Jude and I were watching Fast and Furious 8 and Hobbs and Shaw because we were finishing off our our marathon of those movies. And there's a scene where The Rock is with his girls' uh, soccer team, and they do a haka dance to intimidate (laughs) the other team. And it was legit the exact same thing that Jason Momoa led in in the opening episode of C, like the same words, Mm -hmm. the same bizarre gibberish at the end. Is there just one haka? I think are we being specific to each Are we being insensitive? I don't know. To uh, culture? Somebody, is there just one? I don't. Nobody in the Pacific South Islands uh, listens to this podcast. So I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. So we can be as insensitive <laughs> as we want. I check. Uh, there's a couple of people in Spain for some reason, but. Uh, <laughs> one guy in Australia. <laughs> yeah, one guy in Australia. Shout out to Haas. Just start <laughs> advertising in Italy. I hear that they're. They've they got a lot to do. You guys see those guys like singing on the patios and stuff? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. pretty cool. I hate cities, so I wouldn't join in, but cheers to them, keeping things alive. What are we talking about? So we are going to talk about uh, how the uh, (laughs) coronavirus has affected uh, Hollywood. For the fourth time. Yes. So um, my biggest question is, how much would you pay to have a brand new movie in your living room instead of at the theater? Because um, $10 a month. You want to do Which a subs- is what, uh, what we're paying right now. That's what, that's what I was going to say. That's Ten bucks. Yeah. A subscription service? We're already paying for subscription service. Like So, so like, the, the news is that because the theaters have been shut down, mm. uh, a lot of the releases that were planned for March, April, even going into May, have been pushed back and put on hold indefinitely. And so now studios are like, well, everyone's quarantined at home. We have all these streaming services. Why don't we release some of these movies on streaming? 
bypass the theaters or release them early and, uh, you know, give people content. And so you, you've had announcements that Birds of Prey, which is still in theaters, it's, it's going to be released next week on, on streaming. A lot of universal stuff like The Invisible Man mm-hmm. uh, is going straight. Which is a big hit, to, too. Yeah, it was a big hit in the theaters, and they're, they're putting it on streaming early. And uh, <laughs> Marvel just announced that Black Widow is being um, delayed. Uh, delayed, but there's talk that they might put that on Disney Plus instead of doing the theatrical release. So, I mean, um, this could be something where because theaters are shut down, a lot of people who haven't subscribed to streaming in the past move over to streaming and uh, you're going to see a lot of these companies push out content Try early. to entice them to get on. Who, yeah. who does Universal use as a streaming service? Uh, they have their Peacock network. Um, Is that out already? I don't think it's out yet, mm. but um, they're probably still got some type of deal with Netflix or Hulu or something like that. I'm not sure. Hulu is owned by Disney. So. Um, but you got CBS All Access. You got yeah. uh, Disney Plus, which desperately needs new content. Um, you got Netflix, Amazon. You got all these. Well, they just released services. Frozen 2 and The Rise of Skywalker. Disney Plus is rock. Yeah, they released The Rise of Skywalker early, too. Yeah. Which I don't think it's on Disney Plus, though. Yeah. It is? Mm-hmm. Rise is on Disney Plus. Right now, yeah. You can stream oh, it. Damn, yeah. I better go not watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that coming. Um, yeah, so. Price- oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, like, I, I never really considered it to be a part of the streaming service thing. I thought it would be more of like a pay per view type thing. So, like, if you want to see this movie that's out in theaters or was supposed to be out in theaters, you can pay an extra fee because they have to make up for. The ticket sales. You can't just do a uh, well, normal – like because a, a normal ticket to the theater is like 15 bucks, and normally people don't go alone. They usually take a family with them at least, maybe one or two people. So you're talking about like $30 to kind of compensate for the loss in the theaters. And then if, if somebody has a streaming party, like, hey, I rented this movie. Let's have 10 people over. That's a huge loss yeah, for the studio. Right so, well, but here, here, here's the thing you have to take into account. So with theaters, um, ticket prices get split with the exhibitor. So How much? The, like 20, 30 or it, 27? It's usually a sliding scale. So like, uh, you know, it's like it, first week is like 90, 10 and, for the studio. And then it goes down uh, every week that the movie's out until it kind of bottoms out at 50, 50. Um, and, but in addition to that, there are distribution costs to put movies in theaters. So mm. like, you know, getting the, the print made, delivering it to the theater, like stuff like that. How much does that really cost though? It's a digital uh, Hundreds of millions. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It seems surprisingly it, high. I mean, they got to encrypt stuff. They, they have to pr- prevent piracy from happening. So like th- there's a lot of stuff going on now with streaming services. First of all, the studios control the, the platform. So it's super cheap to distribute stuff right to their own platform but more than that the um, streaming services are subscription based mm. and so yeah you might get $15 for a ticket and only $10 a month for a streaming service but that's monthly because most people who subscribe to a streaming service they'll subscribe for multiple months and so like the value of of a subscriber is far greater for a streaming service than it is for a single ticket buyer. Mm. And, uh, you, you know, like I, I told you, I, I went to go cancel my Disney Plus subscription because I, I was like, there's nothing on here that we watch. Yeah. And when I logged into my account, I was like, oh, crap, I paid for the year. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, whatever. I paid for yeah. the year, too. <clears throat> but it was only like 70 bucks. I, I just I have a hard time imagining that that breaks even with a two $300 million. Do, do you have a hard time believing that the cell phone industry doesn't make any money with monthly monthly bills i mean uh, there's a reason why yeah, my cell phone bills like 200 bucks there's a reason why all these 
companies are moving to a subscription model. And that's because the compounding uh, revenue from these things is huge money and they get to control the distribution platform. So do you think that subscription fees are going to start going up now that everyone's sequestered in their home? Probably not. They do have a, they have an edge on the market though. Cause what are we going to do? Yeah. Say what no? else are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Cancel our subscription and not watch movies. Yeah. Read books. Gross. <laughs> oh God. Read Matthew Kadish's law man. Now Ew. March 20th. <laughs> Coming out March 20th. <laughs> that was, that was smooth. Thanks. <laughs> Nobody reads anymore. Oh, also available on audio audible.com. Not a sponsor of the podcast, but they should yeah. be. So what you guys are saying though, really is I'm going to have to spend more money to watch it by myself. Yeah. Because you have four kids at home and you have to spend. Yeah. So exactly. So I talked to a buddy of mine at work. He's got like a freaking ton of kids. He's got like four or five kids or something yeah. like that. And he's like, oh, I went to the movies the other day to go see something or other. I can't remember what movie they went to see. And uh, it was like a hundred bucks for tickets. Yeah. So that's a hundred dollars. You know, most of that's going to go to the studio. Some How of it's going to go to the theater. A, a, I'm assuming one for each one of his family members. How many family members does he have? I don't know. hundred bucks. It's like <laughs> seven people, right? Plus popcorn and Jesus. all that other shit. It was an expensive night. So, yeah. like, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're going to miss out on that type of money. But I guess if you're thinking about, like, you put out one movie and then people are paying for multiple months. The thing is, is like, ki- kids don't have to go to the theater. You know, like, if you have young kids, um, you know, the theater could be something for adults. And you could just keep the kids at home with the TV. I like taking my kid to the theater. Though. And also, I mean, a lot of people bring their kids to the movies because they assume that their kids will sleep through the movies and it's cheaper than a babysitter. Is that a thing? Yeah. I've never done that, but okay. Well, no, but I mean, it, it mathematically, it makes sense. Like, you have to pay a babysitter, what, $10 an hour? Hmm. Or, or you could just buy a kid's ticket for $10. Yeah. Like, you're gone for like five hours and you're paying that babysitter to stay with your kid. It's way cheaper to just bring your kid with you. How many times have you been to a movie and you've been like, oh my God, there's a couple here with a, with a kid that's yep. at, a, at an in, inappropriate age to be in this movie theater? It's because they can't afford to, or they don't want to pay a babysitter. Mm-hmm. To stay home with their kid. It's not because they, I'm being an asshole right now, but it's not because like, oh, I love my kid so much. I want my kid with me all the time. It's because <laughs> you don't want to pay for a babysitter to stay home with your kid. Uh, is that why they took their kid to Alien Covenant at 10 o'clock at night? Yep. Sons of bitches. <laughs> so an interesting aspect of this is that up to now, so studios have flirted with in the past with doing simultaneous like theatrical and home video releases. Mm-hmm. And um, they've largely stayed away from that because it pisses off the theater owners like the, the, yeah, the exhibitors a, yeah they're gonna go out of and, business and the exhibitors you know like they they are a huge chunk of, of hollywood's uh, not only infrastructure but also their, their revenue model and also that you have to um you have to be in theaters for a week in la in order to apply for any kind of an award yeah but i mean like that those, those rules can be changed the, the real thing here is that like if if the theater owners saw that saw home video as a threat they could just say like, okay, we're not going to carry any of your movies in our theaters. And like, that's how they were able to bully the studios and into keeping away from these like early uh, streaming releases. So any, any original movie that you see released on streaming, it's streaming uh, exclusive. It, it was never out in theaters. And if it was, it was like maybe like one theater to get like the, the award nod that Alex was talking about. Um, but with this situation, so you have situations where theaters are being closed. I think uh, AMC said they were going to be closed for up to 90 days, you know, so like three months. Mm-hmm. And um, in a situation like that, th- this gives a window of opportunity for the theaters to get past that threat 
and and or I mean, studios, studios to get past that threat and really kind of push their streaming services and see if they can kind of get a, a toehold in, in the you know straight to streaming straight to home video market. And that means that when the theaters come back online, they're going to have to start doing stuff to really compete with home video. Now, this isn't the first time that you, you know not sell popcorn for like nineteen dollars a bucket. Right. No, I, like I'm, I'm talking about <laughs> stuff like um, like the the Screen X stuff, where you have a literally like a, a three hundred sixty degree mm. um, movie experience, um, advanced three D. Uh, more stuff like having food delivered to your your recliner in, in the theater and and offering like alcoholic beverages and stuff like like they're gonna make they're gonna have to step up their game in order to draw people away from home. the comfort of their home. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And it's it's gonna be interesting to see how how this shapes out and affects the industry. That's a good point. They are, have to if, go open bar. Yeah, if they do, and again, the prices are freaking ridiculous for some of that stuff. I spent like twenty five dollars on a drink. A drink. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. So yeah, yeah, but if they said twenty five dollar fee fee for alcohol, and then it's just bottomless at that point. Yeah, no, that, that makes a, that brings up a good point that they're going to have to step up their game and they're going to have to because everybody has like a seventy five inch ultra four K TV nowadays. They're going to have to bring something to the table that's bigger than that. Well, it's the same newer thing. Than that. Same thing that happened when um you know TVs became common in the home. They were all like TVs are, are going to kill theaters, and then the theaters came out with CinemaScope, mm-hmm. which was the widescreen format. And so, like people are like, "Oh, you, when you go to the theater, you get a, a better view, a, a better experience." And and so theaters are going to have to keep upping the experience, uh, you know, uh, level of of going to see a movie in the theater because a lot of people hate going to the theater. I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, cinema I nerds, too. so that makes sense. Um, and and you know, people like to go out on dates and get away from the house, and it's great to go see a movie and stuff like that. So I don't think theaters are ever going to truly die, but they are going to have to start doing stuff to compete with the level of home video. And the real question becomes, where's the content going to be? Because if all the studios stop putting their movies in theaters, it's going to be like, well, okay, yeah, you can go and have this great experience at the theater, but what are you going to watch? Yeah. So here's another question that I'll, I'll kind of theorize to you guys. Um, do you see once the theaters get hit hard by this 90 day shutdown and possibly not be able to recover anytime soon? Do you see uh, studios buying out the theaters and having like, hey, this is a Disney theater and we only exclusively show Disney movies? Th- I don't think that's allowed. Not allowed to do that? I think there's an antitrust issue with mm. that because you can't control the means of production and distribution i uh, think okay that's smart good job government but, uh, but, but that's also why like just on that one thing <laughs> just on one thing that's, that's also why i think uh, didn't china come in and buy out like uh, amc or something china china, china. <laughs> yeah forever forever will be known as china 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 virus so let me let me ask a question around the table um, matt vader what is a theater experience uh, for you or, or, or is what's going to draw you out of your home to get you to the theater um, so I don't go to the theater as much as probably some, as you guys do, but when I do, it's for uh, big event popcorn movies, mm-hmm. Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Well, not even any Star Wars anymore. <laughs> but uh, you know the the big events, the yeah. Marvel movies, that kind of stuff. I just like I like the movie experience. I like the big screen with the sound and, and all that kind of stuff. Like something that I can't get at home. Mm-hmm. I can watch an Oscar movie at home in like 1917 or something like that, and it'd be fine. But for some of these bigger movies it's different you know i want that theater experience for something like that so what about you jude um it's to be honest it's hard to get me to the movies matt can attest to this like Mm -hmm. i never want to go to the movies i would much rather just stream it 
from my couch and not have to put on pants and <laughs> not have to pay for wine. I, I would much rather watch a movie on the couch. But for me, if like what draws me to the theaters is like an event, sort of like Vader was saying, like, but like when, um, it came out and it too, like, I got, I love horror movies. Yeah. I got a group of friends together and I was like, we're going to go, we're going to go to the theater. We're going to go get some drinks first. We'll go get some food. We'll make it an a event. Yeah. yeah. We'll make it a thing. It'll be a fun, like it's, it's a party mm-hmm. and we'll go and watch this movie and, and get the bejesus scared out of us. And, and for me, that's really the only thing that gets me out. If it's just like, sorry, babe, me and Matt, I'm just like, Oh, can we just stay home? <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. I don't. I don't love. I don't need the movie experience. I would much rather just be in the comfort of my home. I do. I'm. I'm more of of the theater type. Just mostly just to get out of the house. Fucking theater kid. I am. I love it. I, I like going. I don't like. Pay, I don't ever pay for like popcorn or drinks or anything like that. I'm sorry, theater chains, but that's <laughs> out of my range. Uh, oh, but I'll see, buy the ticket. He loves like. The popcorn, it's an experience for him. Oh, fuck, they're stupid popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not big on movie food. And and, yeah, either. and as far as the drinks go, I always pregame anyway. It's, you know, I'll just make my wife drive and be like, hey, we, 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 we never go into the theater without my, my wife having a, a bottle of water tucked in her purse. Yeah, yeah. We, we take full advantage of the diaper bag. Because <laughs> nice. we have kids now, so we can carry around a backpack and be like, oh, there's just diapers and wipes in there. When they but charge... Stuff it. Eighteen dollars for a, a Coke. It's, yeah, I mean, I mean, for they, realistically, for snacks, for a, a piece of candy, a drink, and maybe a small popcorn, you're paying the same price that you did for the ticket to get in the door. Yeah, it's like, it's like I understand that's how the movie theaters make it their is, money back yeah. from from getting gouged by the movie people. But well, maybe they need to start sticking it to it's them, a, taking it's more a, of a profit. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> know. You know, twelve dollars for a. 60 cent bucket of popcorn. It's you see the same crazy. thing at like uh, theme parks and stuff too, though. Mm-hmm. Food yeah. is just marked up unbe- unbelievably. Same with the strip. Yeah. I was so. just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a tourist trap. Yeah. Anywhere that's popular to go to, you're going to get, get gouged. gouged for food and beverage. Yeah, remember that time we went to the luxury theater downtown? Oh my to, god! And, and Jude was treating me, so oh, I, I was, mistake! Yeah. <laughs> she, she ended up spending how much was, was it? It was a hundred dollars. That was just like for food, just for the food. Yeah, yeah cause, cause, I was like, because it was I just one of those water, and they brought me like one of those big glass uh, yeah. vases oh. that was like ten dollars, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> bottle, bottle vase. Yeah, yeah. Bottle and then I was like, you know what? At this point, I might as well just buy a bottle of wine. Mm, I was yeah. like, just it, it was like a full menu. Put it on thing the tab. Like they they actually make you food and bring it to your your yeah, seat. Yeah. It was very nice, but it was expensive. And they closed down. I think my that didn't have anything to do with the prices. It, it was because nobody went there. No, it was because they, uh, the guy who, um, uh, he ran out of money to pay the lease on, on the, uh, on the building. Because nobody went there. Yeah. <laughs> he had some financing issues. I think that my, my big theater experience, the, the, the coolest theater experience I ever had, uh, it was a terrible movie. It was Rampage with The Rock. Oh, yeah. Uh, you it's, went with it's, Taylor, right? It's, it's Jude's favorite movie because it's got three of her man crushes in it. Um, oh, my God. Was it The Rock, uh, Negan? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And, and, and uh, Joe Munta. Nobody knows how to pronounce yeah, his name. Yeah. The werewolf guy from <laughs> True, uh, Blood. True Blood. So, um, you know, I went to see it with... Put me with, in a pileup with those three. Yeah. Let we, me die. I, I went to see it with uh, our friend Kayla, and it was this thing called Screen X. And basically, you know, a typical movie, they have a projector that projects the movie in front of you. But with Screen X, 
they have other projectors that all, also project it on the sides. So like on your left side and on your right side and in front of you. Hmm. So it's like this uh, panoramic, almost immersive experience where um, when the movie's playing out, you've got uh, like, you can't see the theater. Mm-hmm. It's just, you're in the movie almost. And it's better than 3d. It was better than anything I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, this is awesome. Like me and Kayla came out of that movie. We were like, the movie was okay, but the experience was amazing. And like, that's the type of thing that I'd like to see more of. Uh, you know, you kind of got that a little bit with IMAX in the sense that when you shot a movie in IMAX and you had the big IMAX screen, it was like this really immersive experience where you got to see like so much more of the picture, but the screen X stuff is, is like way, way cooler. And, um, that's something that like you would have to go to the theater for because you can't get that experience at home. And I'm hoping that more theaters kind of start adopting that technology, especially considering the fact that I hate 3d, like I hate having to wear 3d glasses while I'm watching a movie and stuff like that. Yeah. Screen X, you don't need glasses. It's just, it's just this we'll like just almost 360 degree screen that surrounds you. One step closer to holograms. No, one step mm-hmm. closer. we're going to get there soon. People. Holodex. Or maybe like Holodex. how they do um, the, uh, like the silent, I forget what it's called. I'm so old. Said the silent dance parties. How they like give everybody uh, headphones. the headphones or the or the earbuds or something, and you go in and you just hear the music just in your ears. If they did something like that in movie theaters, so that's, that's a thing. Mu- yeah, yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's a way. Weird. It's a way to keep the, like you walk into a room and everybody's got headphones on, yeah. jumping around dancing. Yeah, it's a real sensory experience. It's, it's, it's also a way to keep the police from hitting you know, with noise complaints. Yeah. yeah, so you can have raves and stuff without disturbing the neighbors. These guys just blew my mind. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, you're younger than all of us. You should know this stuff. You should, this, that's completely <laughs> to your generation. I don't get out much. <laughs> you need to take one of those uh, quizzes that tells you how old you really are. I'm yeah. your age. I'm not even joking. Because I'm like 68. I've done that before. And I'm like in my 50s as far as the test is concerned. All my pop culture references are from the 70s and 80s, and I'm, I'm out of touch with my generation. So I'll call you millennial people. <laughs> I'm Gen X, baby. <laughs> I don't care what my person is. He's a boomer. <laughs> He's not a boomer. I'm not a boomer. I'm not a boomer. <laughs> Make sure you stay home. You just okay? keep making me snort uh, anyway, what's our next topic? We got movie theater chains, and um, we were gonna, we were going to talk about apocalyptic movies. Oh yeah, our top five or top whatever. Pick a number. I don't give a shit. Uh, Does anybody have five? I've got, I, have I probably I could probably hang up before five. I can I'm, I can come up with two. More. I don't know what I just said. I just mumbled a bunch <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> well, since there are four of us, let's just do three. Each. Okay. Okay. Three each. Uh, oh, Matt's well, ready to go. Matt's ready to go. So we're going to start with you, buddy. What, what's your At the gate? You got your phone in your hand. Yeah, it has nothing to do with this. <laughs> are you texting? Are you getting ready for a soundbite or something? <laughs> Back in Hollywood. <laughs> I don't want to be the first to go. He's, he's, oh, okay. he's talking to Booger from Revenge of the Nerds for next week's sounder. <laughs> he's in Better Off Dead. <laughs> pure snow. It's just pure snow. It's <laughs> street value. <laughs> the street value of this mountain is. Oh, I would. I, yeah, that's, I love that movie. God damn it! Thank you. All you guys want to awesome stay and just watch that movie? Yes. Not today, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, since I'm the leader of this so-called yeah, podcast, it. I will. Uh, I will go first. Yes, my, fearless leader. <laughs> 
Uh, top of the level for me, uh, as far as an experience, I saw in theaters when it came out, and it uh, it at the time it just it struck me. I, I was moved by this movie. It was I Am Legend mm. with uh, Will Smith, and I, I can't really claim that it's like the best movie ever because I don't think it is. But at the time when I watched it in the theater, it was quite the experience, and uh, I think they did a fantastic job with that movie. And one of my favorite moments that I will never forget uh, is when. Um, He's in this city and he's completely all by himself. And uh, Sam, the dog, chases something into a dark building. And that that whole sequence, as far as the way it was shot and as far as like Will Smith's acting, being com- the only person on screen for the entire movie, uh, he's going in this building and, and you just see like a, a video camera of his face with his gun barrel pointed down and he's freaking out because mm-hmm. he's in this dark room and he, he knows. And he has to go after he has her to because go Sam's her. all he has. Yes. He has to save Sam. And that's his he, – he's terrified to do it, but he has to do it. And that whole sequence just blew my mind. I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. This is such a great uh, cinematic experience mm-hmm. as far as that. And then when he, he turns that corner and he sees them all huddled together and they're breathing real heavily, and he just like, freaks out for a second. Like, mm-hmm. I was freaking terrified. That was an amazing, amazing shot. Uh, and, and I love that movie for it. And I know that I know the ending didn't quite um, live up to everybody's expectations. As I think a lot of people felt it was kind of disappointing. And I can agree uh, to a point. But that movie, up until that third act, I think was just fantastic. Well, yeah. the, the whole movie was just so uh, intense the whole way mm-hmm. through, I feel like, that no matter how they ended it, it probably would have been a, a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, well, maybe. And how that movie <laughs> differs from current events is that in the movie, uh, dogs were affected by the virus. And in current events, our dogs are safe. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was transmitted by animals. Anyway, I, I have a... Big irrational hatred of that movie. Oh, of course you do. Yeah, I don't, like, you I don't do. like it either. <laughs> well, uh, well, hold on, hold on. I'm not done yet. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Little little Pavis moment. What was I going to say? It's your time to shine. Shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, Ending dogs. Oh no the uh, the setup okay. for the reason why these zombies slash vampires were around. <laughs> um, that whole like, hey, we uh, we came up with this thing that cures cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, as far as we can tell, there's no side effects. And then all of a sudden shit went south real quick. And I was like, wow, that's such a cool thing because scientists and humans are always trying to play God with like genetics, which is part of the reason why I like Jurassic Park so much is because this God mentality of like, oh, we're going to manipulate this and and we're going to make it benefit us somehow. And then it. I thought you just like dinosaurs. I do love dinosaurs, but I love (laughs) dinosaurs. And I also like the message behind Jurassic Park and Michael Crichton's novel. Let's have you say that after you meet a dinosaur. Can I make dinosaurs? <laughs> They're getting closer. Man, there's back a, on there's an ankylosaurus. <laughs> they found an ankylosaurus that still had flesh on it. It was it was buried in some permafrost, and it was still it was still like fleshy. And I'm like, oh my god, clone it! <laughs> it's just an ankylosaurus. What's the worst that could happen? Uh, Famous and, last words. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I, I appreciated about that movie was the setup for it and the atmosphere of him going around town and seeing all these dilapidated uh, uh, buildings and, yeah. and kind of like searching for supplies in people's apartments and seeing dead bodies kind of left behind. It was very somber and, and realistic, and I, I I just love that movie. Has have we all seen that movie? I have. Yeah. So my favorite part of that movie, because I love that movie too. Oh, good. Um, I only, I know, um, and I only have three movies. But if I had to make five, that would have been one of my five. Um, But my favorite part of that movie is the the scene where he walks up to the mannequin and he's just desperate for something real, and he's like the emotion in his face, and he's like, "Are you real?" Are you real? Like that really, it touched me in a way that was just like the loneliness of it. I felt. 
I don't know. I'm an introvert, so I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> I did like that moment. Um, there's something that they did with the camera or for CGI or whatever, but when he's driving by and he sees Frank, the mannequin, in mm-hmm. the street, and he's like, what are you doing out here, Frank? Yeah, that's, yeah. And the first time you see Frank in the street, he does actually turn his head. You see, his head moves towards the car. Hmm. If you watch the movie real closely, and that's what freaks Will. It's his mind playing tricks on okay. him. But in the movie itself, they actually did that, and I was like, "Oh, that's so oh, that funny. makes me want to rewatch it." It's really good. It's a cool moment. It still gives me chills just thinking about it. Um, Vader, you've been researching all morning. What you yeah. want to go? What you got there, buddy? I'm just twittering. Oh, good. Uh, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, my yeah. Uh, well, I, I wanted to comment on, on that movie real go quick. Okay. I know it. Go ahead. So first of all, I was a fan of the book way before the, the movie got made, and the, the Will Smith version was nothing like the book. Yeah. Um, second of all, um, when I was in college, uh, that movie was originally going to be made starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and being directed by Ridley Scott. And I got to read one of the drafts of the script. That would that have been they, a that, totally different movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. I got to read the draft of the script that Ridley Scott had been developing, uh, and it was it – was, Fantastic! It was it was an absolutely phenomenal script. I loved it. I couldn't wait to see Arnold Schwarzenegger in that role. Cause what are you doing here, Frank? <laughs> it, it, was, it was it was totally different. It was totally different, and it was a lot closer to the book. And I felt like the ending to the book was so powerful that um, it it would have made uh, like one of the most iconic movie moments ever. And the, the movie that Will Smith ended up making they just botched it. Didn't yeah. do anything because um, in the in the um, in the book he's the monster, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's it's revealed that he is the one who is the monster, and the the people that he perceives as monsters or vampires, yeah, well, are well, actually the, normal people. No, the, well, the vampires have become the dominant species, yeah. and because he's the one going around killing them, like he's the boogeyman now, mm-hmm. and and that's why he's legend. Is because you know oh, he, cool. he, he is he is the the thing that the vampires tell their kids to be afraid of. Yeah, and um, it, it was um, the story about like him kind of coming to grips with the fact that he's like the last of his kind, and you know he has to let go in order to um, you know make room for like this new species. And it was very poignant, and it was really a, a powerful ending. Like when he comes to this realization, and he and um, because in in the book, um, he so he has this like compound that he's like home alone, mm-hmm. where where he's like booby trapped everything, and the vampires come to try to like kill him because they see him as a threat. And so every night he's he's up and he's like fighting these vampires, and he's been alone for God knows how long, and then he meets like a woman. Uh, who looks like a, a human and um, he takes her in and cares for her. And he's just like so grateful to have like more human contact. And he kind of like comes to care for her and stuff like that. And then it's revealed like later on in the book that she's actually a vampire, but the vampires are evolving to be more, you know, kind of like a human vampire hybrid type thing. And he couldn't believe that, you know, like he actually like could care for like a vampire and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it was like, it was like a very interesting kind of take on on you know um being accepting of differences and how like when you're completely when you vilify like a whole nother race like you become the monster and stuff. so there was a lot of very subtle stuff that was in the book that i would have liked to have seen translated into the movie which probably wouldn't have happened with the arnold schwarzenegger version <laughs> but but still like you know like i would have liked to have seen because i think a uh, louis letier uh directed the um Will Smith version, 
And, uh, you know, he did uh, Taken, I think, mm. and a couple other kind of French action movies. And um, I would have liked to have seen, like, a little bit more sophistication in um, the themes of the movie and stuff like that. But I can agree with you. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just have an irrational hatred of it because yeah. I know what it could the have source been. source material. It doesn't pay homage to the source material enough. I mean, there's there's a little bit of that in it. But it's kind of a swing and a miss as far mm-hmm. as uh, of hitting the nail on the head. So I can understand why people kind of get turned off by it. But um, when I was, I, I had no idea it was already a book when I saw it in theaters, and I was just blown away by it. I was like, "This is freaking awesome!" Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. I love that movie. Um, next on my list uh, would be Deep Impact. Um, although I think Armageddon is the... the- porn? No, <laughs> no, the one with Elijah Wood. Wow. Uh, Not that porn either. No, <laughs> no uh, I, I like. Uh, hello, Mr. Wood. I enjoy the porn it. to end all porns. As far as entertainment value goes, I do enjoy um, uh, Armageddon better with the the Bruce Willis movie with <laughs> Ben Affleck, Bruce Willis. Uh, what's the lift? What, Liv Tyler. Tyler. Um, I, Steve Buscemi. I, I think that movie, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, there's yeah. I wanted to feel the power between my legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a hugely underrated actor because he's amazing in every single thing he's ever done. Hello, he's, hello he's, fellow kids. He's, he's Steve Buscemi in everything he does. Yeah, yeah. he's the same dude. <laughs> well, anyway, I, that movie is obviously yeah, we can all agree. And on an entertainment level, Armageddon is. Better. I saw Armageddon at the drive-in wow. when it first came out. That's mm-hmm. awesome. You know, I love drive-ins. That's how old I am. I, well, I, no, that doesn't mean you're old. Because Armageddon saw, is the quintessential bagasm. Yeah. It's his best movie. No, I think Six Feet Under would be that one. The bagasm. No, uh, Six Underground. <laughs> Six Underground, whatever oh. it is. <laughs> anyway, um, well, deep, I just but I think, I think Deep Impact um, did a better job at uh, displaying kind of like the everyman, yeah. the the average person. What, yeah. what kind of effect would this have on like just the, the average family? Mm-hmm. And watching their uh, panic and watching them react to the situation and having to save, pick who's going to live and who's going to die yeah. amongst the family members. I think that movie did a really good job at kind of displaying the apocalypse. Yeah. That scene where that kid wins the lottery and then they learn that his family can't come with yeah. him and they have to just Ugh. decide, okay, well, you're going to live and we're going to die yeah. and it's okay and don't cry. Just we're going to go over here and die yeah. and you'll live. That's heart-wrenching. Oh, I just remember something about I Am Legend. I'm going to re- rewind a little okay. bit. <laughs> um the moment where they're they're trying to get through the gates and they're scanning people's eyelids and, and temperature gauges. I saw what they were doing in China before you could get on <laughs> flights and stuff. And I was like, holy shit, it's I Am Legend. They were scanning people. They're taking people's temperatures. Yeah. Oh. And some... Oh, somebody said that that happened to them going into a grocery store the other yeah, day here. Yeah. They're scanning people for temperature. And if your temperature is too high, you get booted out. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, that's I Am Legend. Like, I saw that happen in a movie. This is... Oh my god! It's happening. It's happening. Hollywood did it first. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's amazing. Anyway, okay. Fast forward to Deep Impact. Uh, I really enjoyed that movie. As far as the everyday man goes, it was really cool. I loved it. Uh, I liked the way that it kind of portrayed that family dynamic. And I felt that, like that would be number two on my list. The most disturbing part of that movie was so you know the astronauts who are up there trying to like redirect the asteroid, and uh, one of them gets like shot off into space, and he's just like you know 
flying away, flying away and it cuts to the inside of his helmet. He's just like screaming. And it's like, that dude is just like gone, gone. Like, yeah. like he, he, he's not dead. He's just going to die really slowly and painfully. Like he's going to suffocate know, in eventually like an yeah. hour or so. However much longer. Either they're going to suffocate or freeze to death. Yeah. But I, I was like, that's probably the worst way to go. I don't know. How would you, <laughs> if you were just floating in space in a space suit, what would you do? Would you wait until your oxygen ran out or would you no, just take I'd, your helmet off? I'd probably just, yeah. End it. Just take your helmet yeah. off and float away. Be like, all right, peace. It'd be a nice view. I liked uh, Space Cowboys where, um, what's his name? What's the guy's? God damn. Uh, Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, he landed on the moon. He was like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out like a boss. <laughs> and he just rockets his ass <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> I thought that was a good way for an astronaut to die. Anyway, um, that was my two. I'm, I'm going to think about it because I know I had a, a couple. Oh, Mad Max, obviously. Post-apocalyptic Mad Max movies are awesome. Fury Road's up there. Oh, there goes my answer. <laughs> I, you guys I, can I, I knew Matt. Vader was going to yeah, say I was going to say okay. Vader was going to say yeah, that. I know no, I, so, I, actually, that would be like my number two. I was going to do – I was just going to lump all the Mad Max movies into one thing. That's fair. Okay. From, you know – so what, what is it about you, that you like those movies? They're just fun. They're just, they're just they're fun just, to watch you the like Mohawks? They're just crazy fun. Mohawk. Yeah. Give me your gasoline, and I'll let you live. You know, two it's men just, into one man. Yeah, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love those movies. I can watch them over and over all the time. I always thought it was really weird that like there's an oil shortage, but people have like flamethrowers and shit like that, and cars yeah, that they, get like eight miles to the gallon. It's, it's, like, they're, it's they're, not they're, realistic at all. It's they're very culty movies, and it's yeah. like it's like uh, I don't even know if you guys know, but there's a thing here in Vegas. Where oh, yeah. they, it's called a, a wasteland weekend, mm-hmm. where all these people dress up and role play, <laughs> and, they, and they go out in the week out in the desert between here and Barstow somewhere, and they camp out for like five days. Yep. And it's like they have the Thunderdome. They do. It's like hundreds it's of legit. people. It's legit. It's legit. Like and I've <laughs> seen videos. And I'm like, holy cow! These guys go weekend, all the way. It's wild. they've got the old time cars with like spikes yeah. hanging out the back of them and like flamethrowers. They, they, they go all they the just, way. They just make the movie out in the desert if, and and do it. If they ever wanted to make a sequel to Fury Road, just wait till that weekend. You got all yeah. the extras you need already in costume. <laughs> but, uh, it's amazing. But I, I like I like the uh, um, Fury Road was probably I think my favorite movie of pretty much the last decade. Oh, wow. You know, it was it's really high up there for me, and and um, they're just. They're just a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and they don't take it super seriously. And but the stunts and everything—it's just made for a theater. It's just made for crazy post-apocalyptic nonsense. You know, it's it's great, great stuff, great stuff. All very simple stories. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Max yeah. only speaks like twelve lines in the yeah. entire movie. My, uh, but I think if 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 I want to go down like a, a weird hole for like post-apocalyptic movies, go for it. Um, I love weird holes. Oh uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Deep um, impact. <laughs> I've always been partial to. Uh, you guys are going to laugh at me, but the Postman. Oh, I love uh, yeah. Postman. It's a good movie. Postman's a really good movie. It is. It is. And, it's uh, underrated. It's definitely. I, I. I kind of. It was set. It's supposedly it was set up in the Northwest where I come from, mm-hmm. and I and I always kind of think about what if something weird happens to where, what would happen? You know, and it's like I can totally see how, the community is kind of like enclosed in these so, little. Mm-hmm town fortresses and things up in the woods and everything. And I can completely see in that happen for real up there or something like that. That was the movie that basically destroyed Kevin Costner's career. Yeah. Yeah. Waterworld, right? Waterworld was the yeah. most expensive. Well, well Waterworld didn't, didn't ruin his career. Which one came out first? It, Waterworld. Waterworld. But before Postman? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner didn't produce or direct Waterworld. He just starred in it. 
Um, but he was the guy behind um, the postman. So he was the one who produced it, directed it, and, you know, got it made. And, and because it was such a huge failure, it basically. I mean, I know it got a lot of crap when it came out, but it's also based on a book. Yeah. I saw that. I think I may have watched it on TV. It was on like TNT or something. It was the first Postman. Waterworld I saw and I watched the movie and I just didn't care for it. I know they have like a, they have like a thing. It's like a based on Waterworld. It's like a stunt show. I think they used to. I don't know if they still do. I don't think they have have anymore. I remember seeing that when I went to Universal. I saw that show. Um, I thought Postman was good. I did too. You you know, like there are some moments in it where it's just kind of like, okay. But uh, overall, I thought like it was a very interesting movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. What else you got? Oh, that's that's pretty much it. Just the two. Yeah, just the okay. two. Our top two post-apocalyptic movies. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really like six movies. Well, well, technically, he did something like five movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. he did five. The Mad, <laughs> the Mad Max. The uh, you know, there's and there's always all the zombie movies and stuff. Oh yeah, what is your favorite yeah. zombie movie? My favorite zombie movie. Um, I think all of mine are zombie movies. Boy. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. That's a fantastic choice. Good choice. I love that. All right, Jude, what do you got? I got three. Cool. So my number three is This is the End. Okay. I haven't seen that yet. Really? Everybody everybody tells me how amazing it is. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I I must have saw that movie in the theater like five times. It's hilarious. I saw it in the theater once, but uh, since then, I think I watched it like two or three times. But it's just... Jonah Hill. Still hilarious. (laughs) They keep mentioning his Oscar. (laughs) 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 I mean, it, it... it, it is like if you're a fan of any of those guys, like it's so worth watching because Danny McBride plays himself. Yeah. Oh, what's oh, the I know. Michael? I, I remember the, yeah. Okay. I was trying yeah. to remember. What Michael. This was. What's his name? Michael Cena. Michael. Oh no. Is that no. His name? That's not his name. The guy from Arrested Development, right? Yes. Like there's a scene where he's getting a BJ and having his biz butt lick he's at just the same time. Whoa. Such a dick. Yeah, yeah. He 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 really plays himself as a yeah. true degenerate. Yeah, and, and, oh, yeah, he's a degenerate. He's not playing a character. He, he's like, no, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And, and there, there's this whole uh, scene where like they're talking about raping Emma Emma Watson. Yeah. Or, or no, yeah. No, no, Hermione Granger. What's her yeah, name? Yeah, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Yeah. yeah. They're, but they're talking about, but like, not raping Not raping her. her. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're like I'm don't... not going to rape her. Yeah, yeah. Why? Are you, do you want to rape her? And they're, and they're I'm not going to rape her. Yeah. She's listening. She's like, these guys are going to rape me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but they're, they're trying to be like, how can we make her feel like we're not going to rape her? Because we're, like, a bunch of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> she's the only girl. We don't yeah. want her to think we she's going to get raped. We don't want her to raped. think she's going to get raped. Yeah. She's like, they're totally going to rape me. It's so funny. It sounds bananas. Oh, it's fantastic. And it's got like a lot of like meta humor too. Yeah. So like, like there's stuff that they talk about at the beginning of the movie that pays off later in the movie, and it's just it's it's phenomenal. Uh, so that uh, this is the end is 2013. My number two is 2004's Dawn of the Dead. Okay, I oh, love yeah. that movie. I saw it in the theaters when it first came out. I remember um, seeing previews for it and then having nightmares about the previews, and I was like, I have to see this movie. Yeah, wow. Zach Are you talking the original or the remake? The no. 2004. Okay. Okay. Zack Snyder's great yeah, movie. Yeah, the soundtrack is great. It's so good that come on, everyone, and get down with the sickness. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> anyway, what else you got? Um, and my number one is, uh, it's the same as my number one uh, sci-fi movie, which is 1982 Night of the Comet. 
I've never even heard of that oh, movie. I love this movie. She made me watch so it. So much. I probably watch it a couple of times a year. It's one and of it's those, huh? From the eighties in these the uh Haley's comet comes through and it kills everyone, turns them into they call them comet zombies. Huh. And uh these two girls are like one of two of the only survivors in the world and they just go shopping and they like what? fight zombies. And then there's these scientists who are working on a cure, but they, they got like partial exposure, so they're like slow turning into zombies so they gotta hurry up and find a cure and they want to just like dissect these two girls that survived in order to create a cure for themselves it's so good it's so 80s it's not good it's not good (laughs) shut your whore mouth okay i'm gonna have to watch that it's so good okay where can i find it it's on amazon is it prime no it's not a prime oh i gotta rent it God damn it, $3? It's probably $3. $3? I want my $3. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I right. love you, Alex. So, yeah, I know. I know you do. I got you. Um, cool. So, all zombie movies for you, pretty much. Um, this is the end is not a zombie movie. It's oh, more okay. of a devil. It, it's an apocalypse movie. Uh, almost like, Heaven it and sounds hell. like a parody. Heaven and Hell. Yeah, it is. It's, it's kind of. It's a comedy. But but it, it's a comedy based around the apocalypse. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. I feel like, which one's better, Shaun of the Dead or This is the End? They're two very different movies. Very different, yeah. Zombieland? Oh, Zombieland's great. Zombieland's great, yeah. Zombieland, I feel like, is actually probably the most realistic of all the zombie movies. Because if you're talking about these things that are, like, super kind of, like, not real smart and kind of slow, you're going to get people like that, like Tennessee Mm -hmm. and... Call it, what's his name? Freaking Woody Harrelson's name in that movie? He's uh, Tennessee. Is it Tennessee? Yeah. Okay. Tennessee. Yeah. You're gonna get guys like Tallahassee. That. Tallahassee. Tallahassee. That's what it is. Yeah. You're gonna get guys like that who are just like, oh, this is my dream. <laughs> this is gonna be great. And yeah. I feel like that might be a little bit of me because I'm gonna be like, I'm down. Let's do this. <laughs> is there a celebrity that you would want to be stuck with in the apocalypse? A celebrity? Yeah. Fuck no. <laughs> Bunch of drama queens. <laughs> no. Steven Seagal. Uh, no, Bush. definitely not. Maybe maybe The Rock because he's like super duper strong. But John Cena. He, yeah. I feel like if he didn't have the exact diet that he's on right now, he would shrink up real quick. Yeah. So. I don't want to be with anyone too big because if they get turned, then they're going to be really difficult to deal with. Is that how that works? Uh, for me, yeah. <laughs> I'm small. <laughs> Mia Khalifa. <laughs> Lou Ferrigno? Good, good choice. Mia yeah. Khalifa. Oh. Former porn star. <laughs> Zombie. Oh, it's gross. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, Kevin your, Smith. What are your picks, Kevin been? Smith would be amazing to hang out with the apocalypse. <laughs> Should we just like bake out? Yes. <laughs> just, just... Seth Rogen. Close all the doors and just get high as <laughs> Yeah, I'm down. Kevin, go ahead. Kevin Smith sounds like a fun uh, apocalypse partner. <laughs> what about you? Who would you hang out with? A pocket partner. A pocket partner. Um, well, can I talk about my movies? Yes, or? yes. What's okay. your top uh, apocalyptic movies? So um, I have a couple. Um, Jude actually touched on on two. So th- this is the end. Is probably I'd have to say my favorite because that movie is just amazing. Um, and the original Dawn of the Dead because I saw that way before the yeah. remake came out. And that was like the movie, it was George Romero, it was his follow-up to Night of the Living Dead. And that was like the first time where you were like, okay, yeah, like I, if, if it were the end of the world and there were like all these zombies, I'd hold up in a mall because like there's just tons of shit there. And uh, it was, you know, kind of like, um, it was kind of like uh, a very realistic depiction of what people would do in an apocalypse. And so like I really liked the... 
the uh, original version of it. Uh, probably better than the the remake. Um, I'm not even sure Judah's seen the original, so like you know she might have the original one. It, um, if correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the one where they find the the zombie in a barrel in the basement, right? And it's coming up the stairs like brain. No, no, Is no, that, no, that one. No, that that's um, Return of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. Um, I'm getting my zombie something confused. completely different. Yeah. Now this this is the the sequel to Night of Living Dead. It's a George Romero movie. It's it's basically it was the movie that the remake uh, that Jude talked about was based on. Okay. So it's survivors. They hole up in a mall and uh, they try to you know survive the zombie apocalypse. And it turns out they gotta they should be trying to survive themselves. Um, but uh, my my serious pick for uh, apocalypse movies is Children of Men. Oh, that's a good movie. Uh, Clive yeah. Owen. Mm-hmm. And uh, then my um, guilty pleasure pick is this movie called Doomsday. Uh, with Roma Mitri, and uh, it's directed by Neil Marshall, who did um, the Descent and the oh, new Hellboy movie. I love Descent. The, the new Hellboy great. movie. The new Hellboy movie. Yes. Uh. Um, so, like after the Descent came out, like he had like a lot of clout. So they were yeah. like, they were like, what type of movie do you want to make? And he, he's like, I want to make the most batshit crazy movie I've ever like anybody's ever seen. And so he basically remade um, Escape from New York, but meshed it with Mad Max. And like a bunch of other movies that he like it's grew called up Doomsday? with. It's called Doomsday. And so the story is there's this there's this virus called the Reaper virus, and it's devastating. And it, oh, it breaks yeah. out in in Ireland or uh, Scotland. Um, and so like the British government, in order to contain the virus, they build a wall around Scotland, like a huge wall. It sounds Wait, familiar. What year did this come out? This came out. Uh, I want to say two thousand. Eight two thousand six maybe. This sounds vaguely familiar. I, well, I, well I, it, it's the this. plot for New, for Escape from New York, basically. So uh, they, they created this wall around the island of, of Scotland, and uh, because they leave all these people to basically just fend for themselves, the UK is like a pariah mm-hmm. um, amongst the world. So everyone just hates Britain now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they send in uh, people uh, like a, a special team led by the female snake Pliskin. Uh, starring like who is Roma Mitra like she's got like an eye patch and everything and, <laughs> and ba- ba- basically she is Snake Plissken right. um, which is and it makes the movie absolutely hilarious they gender swapped her <laughs> but yeah they basically gender swapped Snake Plissken but she's not sl- Snake Plissken she's a different character yeah. but she got like an eye patch and all this stuff and everyone's always always like you know I thought you were taller um, <laughs> so, so like they send her and her team in to Scotland to try to find um a cure for this reaper virus because unlike most places where you know it turns people into zombies um in this movie it's actually just like a really deadly virus so like you know it can wipe out an entire population and people in the uk are starting to come down with it so they send in this team to find uh th- this doctor who was close to a cure who got quarantined inside scotland and you know, when, once they get in Scotland, it's just devolved into like Mad Max. Like there's cannibals, there's like berserkers, there's like all this crazy stuff. And like the whole movie ends with like this, like uh, this death race type car, car race. What? Uh, yeah. It, it, it's, it's batshit crazy. Like it's the most insane movie you've ever seen. And you can tell like when they were making it that they, they just didn't give up. They were just, they're just like, we're going to put in every movie that we ever loved and we're just going to mash it together and make that. And, uh, it, 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 it's a huge, it's a huge guilty pleasure, uh, movie where like, it's not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. Okay. I, I feel I, I, like I may have seen it. Cause the more you describe it, the more I'm starting to get images in my head. 
of uh, of the characters and the situation that they're in. I, I have seen it, but it's been a long time ago. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's just like he was saying. I remember going, "What am I watching?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is super cool. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. Anything else? Uh, well, those were my my top films okay. for the apocalypse. All right, um, Westworld. Westworld season three, episode one. Yeah, I'm gonna go check out now. Do you guys want to keep talking about zombie apocalypse movies? I was actually having some fun with that. That was pretty fun. What else do we got? Anybody seen World War Z? I did. I didn't like it. Really? Yeah, I thought that... Uh, I liked the movie more than I liked the book. The book was really boring. In fact, I had a hard time finishing it. It was a bunch of journal entries. Yeah, yeah. It was rough. It read like a manual. But the movie was really good. (laughs) I I won't read directions at all. All right. Real quick. We're going to talk about Westworld Season 3, Episode 1, The Return of Dolores... Um, no spoilers. <laughs> you, better, you better not spoil it. That's like talking. I haven't seen it yet. I think I, I really enjoyed this episode. I think it's a solid setup uh, for the season coming forward. All right, thank you. Why don't you go to your safe place? <laughs> Snowflake. 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 I, I actually, I don't even know if I'm going to watch Westworld. I'm, I don't really like the chick that plays Dolores. Yeah, I gotta admit. Oh, uh, people give her such a hard she's time. She's kind of on my list. She she's kind of on my list. I, I I try not to be like that, but when I was watching this episode, the only thing I could think of was her shitting on Kobe Bryant after like the day he died. Like he's a rapist and this and that. Yep. I'm like Jesus, Evan Rachel Wood. Jesus, come on. Like we get it. That's her crusade, and I and I, I support her in that as far as it, you know if she, if she feels the need to do that. But I'm like, you gotta you gotta know when the right time is. And I did find it a little hard uh, watching this episode. I, I thought about that a lot when I saw her on screen. And she was by far the – I think she had the most screen time in this episode. It was all about her. And uh, I, I, I do enjoy the character. And I, I think her – the, the storyline that they set up for this episode was pretty solid. And I like where they're going with it as far as uh, her kind of trying to dominate this world and take, a, take the strength away from the humans and – claim their own kind of rite of passage and, and destroy the bad people. But I think there's going to be a really cool setup where um, – what's the guy's uh, name from Breaking Bad? Paul something? Jesse Aaron, Pinkman. Aaron Paul. Jesse Pinkman. Aaron Paul, thank you. Aaron Paul's Same character. Um, he's going to – I thought his character was really interesting. I did too. I, I liked it because I, I can see how he would side with Dolores in her, in her crusade against – like he's been beaten down by society. So right. he's probably ready for a regime change. And I, I feel like he's going to side with her once she kind of reveals her ultimate plan to him. But I also kind of see where she might get that. Not all humans are bad. Yeah. And they'll kind of play off of that with that dynamic. And yeah. I think that's a really cool setup for this episode. I really like that. They're putting this season in the quote unquote real world. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm enjoying that dynamic between um, it's it's just like a different take on her relationship between um, her her and humans, she and humans, her and humans. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, of, I agree with you. One of the things I like about this show is every season we get kind of like a new aspect to this world mm-hmm. that, that they're creating. So like the first season was all entirely Westworld. Uh-huh. In the second season, we get to see like other aspects of that park where you see like you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, you, you see behind the scenes, but you also see like other samurai, the park, samurai yeah. world and you know stuff like that. And now we're we're getting to see the real world, quote unquote. 
But it's really interesting because in the first episode, you know, there's a scene where they're at a party and there's this kind of like, there's this kind of rich douchey jerk at this party. You know, he's been drinking and he's been doing drugs and he, and he's one of those guys who's like, he's like, dude, like we're all in a simulation, man. Oh yeah. And, and you, you know, you kind of dismiss it as him being a drunk douchey asshole, but like knowing the show, it, it's like, well, wait a minute. Because they were talking about like, they should put them all in a simulation within the simulation. And when he said that, I was like. Oh, is that what we're doing? Because <laughs> you know? with the show, they play with the perception of reality a lot. And so like, you, you know, you have disjointed timelines, you have like all this, uh, all these different perspectives and, and, you know, like what's it mean to be human? What's it mean to be real? Uh, what is real? What like, is real? Like, like, you know, um, can a simulation be just as real as being real? Like, like what is the real world? Stuff like that. Um, and you know, I wouldn't put it past, uh, the show to give us a season three where we think, you know, all this stuff is happening in the real world. And then all of a sudden it's like a simulation, um, within the forge, uh, you know, or something like that. It's Um, just Dolores inside of a computer program. Yeah. She like, she thinks she's in the real world, but it's just another version of the park. Yeah. yeah, and they also, uh, you know, I was telling you earlier that Jonathan Nolan, the guy who, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan's brother, who is the head writer and producer on the show, he uh, he did this show called um, Person of Interest on CBS, which dealt with a lot of these same themes of like, you know, um, artificial intelligence, what it means to actually, uh, you know, be uh, human, um, uh, how technology can become godlike and how humans worship technology and stuff like that. And they set up a big thing in this one where they show like the the god AI uh, oh, yeah. that, that Dolores is after. And, uh, you know, it was like something right out of that show, uh, Person of Interest. And I, I was like, I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this. This is really cool. So if you guys uh, watch the show and you see the opening credits or um, you kind of see that that ring. And it pops up little spikes and it says disturbance or something like that. And it says in London, anomaly detected detected or stuff like that. That's actually that main computer. It's never hinted at it really. You kind of have to put these pieces together yourself. But you can kind of tell um, it wants to create this perfect cycle of like everything's normal. It's controlling all the algorithms. It's controlling human behavior by knowing when things are going to happen and how to adjust for it. And it's constantly trying to create this perfect uh, visually, it's trying to create this perfect circle, which in the real world just real world just means that it's like everything's calm and everything's normal. And everybody's kind of complacent, um, where things are not going as planned. And it's really cool if you really analyze it. Again, I, I watched Hacks Dog Hacks Dogma's uh, YouTube channel. He breaks all this stuff down really well, um, and it's a ton of fun to see how much detail really goes into this show. You, like every little thing that you see on people's tablets has, if you free uh, freeze frame it. And read what's on there. There's like little hints to what's going on. And the same thing goes for this. Yeah. Uh, the great thing about the show is it, it is classic hard science fiction. Like yeah. it, it's not Star Warsy, timey wimey space, whatever. Like the people who do this show actually care about the world that they're crafting and the characters that are in it and the technology that's in it. And they take the time yeah. to sit down and, and flesh out these little details and it's, it's something and it surprised me that this is a bad robot production because <laughs> that's the type of thing that bad robot just isn't known to do. But I think Jonathan Nolan cares. Uh, he, he seems to, care. you know, he comes, he comes from that Christopher Nolan school of filmmaking where it's, it's like, let's take, let's take this seriously. Yeah. And, and it pays off in the show. I agree. I agree. It does definitely, it, it helps build the world out to where 
for some for people who like us who like diving into that type of thing, you can dive into it and there are answers to the questions that you have. Even if they're like obscure, weird questions that not a normal audience member would ask. If you were like, hey, I'm curious about how this works and you dive into it, it's all there. It's all thought out, which is it's a it's not the normal thing we see nowadays from entertainment. People usually just like surface level stuff. And then once you dive deeper, it kind of doesn't make any sense anymore. I think the show gets a bad rap because it it does do a lot of delayed um, payoffs where they set up all these really intriguing questions and people just kind of want to know the answers right away. And they're like, the show's stupid. They don't, it's confusing. They don't tell you anything. But if you, if you're patient and, and you realize that these are answers that are going to be coming somewhere down the line it's actually a very intriguing show. Yeah. I remember the maze in season one, the maze was a huge blank, like mm. question mark for a lot of people. And I don't think, I think some people may have not been very satisfied with the answer that they got. Although the answer that they got made sense in, in mm. the subject of the, of the show. And I was like, man, I, I love the show. Although I do find it hard to follow sometimes, which is why I watch a bunch of YouTube videos about it just to kind of get my head around it. Uh, which definitely helps. But uh, Jude, what do you think uh, about this episode besides the, the relationships? What do you think about the world that they're going forward and where this season's taking us? Well, I, I think it's the way that they develop their worlds for the viewer, at least for me. It makes me feel like I mm-hmm. am placing my trust in this world. And how, how do I describe this? Um like it makes me feel like it's a safe place to place my my trust in investing in this world because a lot of times you'll watch something and then you'll be invested in it and then you'll be like wait a minute it was all a waste of time this doesn't make any sense Game of Thrones there'll be like a, a major flaw in something and you'll be like wait this doesn't make any sense this yeah. goes against like a bunch of shit that three seasons like was a, was a law and now all of a sudden that doesn't matter but with this show it feels like everything's in place. And you can just fully put yourself in the in the epicenter of this show and just kind of invest in it and just see where it takes you and and it and it um, as as for me like just as a viewer it just feels like a a really uh, safe place to uh, invest in. Yeah, you feel comfortable watching the show. I, and- I feel like they're not going to like pull the rug out from underneath me and be like, oh, that shit doesn't matter now because we're in a hurry to wrap things up. Yeah, the interesting thing about this show is that they actually take like an entire year to like write the scripts mm-hmm. for every episode before they start filming because that was a big thing after the like I think in the middle of the first season they they put the show on hiatus uh, for production. And uh, the reason for that was because they were like, you know, we, we want to really get the, the scripts, you know, completed and, and ready uh, to be, you know, to have everything make sense. And um, then after that for season two, season two got delayed by two years because they're like, we want to really take our time with the scripts. And, you know, you can argue whether or not that paid off for season two. But I think like in watching season one and season two, like in a binge format, like it definitely pays off because like they actually took the time to care about what they were writing. Yeah, and that's the difference between like delaying things for Westworld versus delaying things for Game of Thrones. Like the payoff for Game of Thrones is like, what the f they spend their money on? <laughs> what or their did, time. What did they waste their time with? Yeah. That whole last season was a shit show and a joke. And it versus, took like three years to come out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Versus with Westworld, it's just like, oh, okay, I'm all right with this because they took their time and they and they made it better. Yeah, I can definitely – there's a huge difference uh, between the writing quality. 
uh, for sure. And I can mm-hmm. I can see that. And it comes off on on in the show itself. It it, it like you said, it it makes you feel like okay, I can invest my time. Yeah. And because we got burned. I mean, I, I don't think Absolutely. there's a single person out there who didn't feel like they got burned from season eight of Game of Thrones. I mean, it was like Ugh, 10, you'd be surprised. 10 years in the ma- I'm sure there's people. <laughs> I'm sure I get it. Um, like 10 years in the making and then like the season eight, you're like, well, that's it. That's yeah. what we got. Like, really? And I don't I really hope that this show doesn't do it. I don't know how many seasons they have planned or how long it's going to take Dolores to take over the world. But <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope that they continue this trend. And uh, I do. I know that the, the wait times between seasons is ridiculous. But I mean, as long as they keep delivering. If it's worth it, then it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, if it's worth it, then fine. Do what you got to do. But uh, it is irritating. And you know if Kadish is on board with the, with the writing. Then, oh, yeah. Uh, He's yeah. going to be our guy. <laughs> At some point, they're going to have to uh, speed things up, right? Nope. Because because uh, we're all just sitting at home. Well, you know, they, 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 they'll, they'll end up running into a problem like they do with Data on Star Trek, you know, because Evan, Evan Rachel Wood's going to get old. <laughs> well, oh, they'll yeah. just put her in a new body. Oh, yeah, no, they could do so. that. Just swap the uh, new actress. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> swap the bodies. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels between Westworld and uh, Altered Carbon. There yeah, are. There are. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's both, both since, great. Since I get shows. the next month off after this week, I'll probably have to get caught up on both of those shows. <laughs> so next week you'll be really prepared. One episode probably at not. a time. One, yeah, one next episode. week probably Vader not. is going to lead the discussion. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's all you. I was thinking about having one of you guys start the podcast off and do like the intro and I'll stuff like it. that. You will? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Show me what you got. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast, brought to you by the Salty Nerd. Today. We are hosted by the Salty Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Almost had it. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say, brought to you by Organically, Organically Wonderful. <laughs> Type in the code SALTY15 on checkout All to right. get 15% I'm off your order. I'm half a bottle of champagne. <laughs> Give me a script. <laughs> that was good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Right, I would I'll just go, uh, uh, what's up, guys? A- this is the Salty Nerd Show. <laughs> We're nerds. What do we, we call it again? Yeah, where am I? <laughs> where am I? <laughs> Vaginas. Can, can I just say, uh, since we're talking about HBO shows, um, Avenue 5. How much I love this, I love this show. I'm hearing a lot of good things about it. Like, have like, you finished it? it? I have not caught up yet. It's so dark. I've got like three episodes. <laughs> like, like, like it's it's so dark and and crazy. Like the last episode I saw, uh, just blew my mind. <laughs> how batshit insane it got. Yeah. Like 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 it, it, it it's probably one one of my new favorite shows. Yeah. Like wow. it's so good. It, and it, it's dark. Like a lot of people die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess I got to watch it again. Really yes. dark and sarcastic. Yeah. And okay. the way they die is so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and it just gets more and more ridiculous. I've it's hilarious. Watch it now. That's exciting. But they have this whole gag where, uh, so uh, the captain. Don't spoil anything in case anybody hasn't watched it. <sighs> I want to talk about it so bad. Okay. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do a season one recap. They, next they have week. this gag where somebody. On the show, does something, and it's <laughs> and really funny. Somebody dies. But, 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 but no, uh, what, what's the main character's name? The captain guy, uh, the actor, Hugh Laurie. Yeah. Hugh Laurie. Hugh yeah. Laurie has this this bit where like he uh, reveals a new aspect of his character <laughs> that just <laughs> it is so fucking funny. Yeah, you're it. <laughs> it, it's, it's not funny when it happens. Like you're watching, it's like oh that's humorous, but like when you go back and you think about it, you're like that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just the way everyone reacts to it. 
It's, I'll it's to, fantastic. Right. I'll have to finish. Have you finished the season yet? No. No. Okay. It's Me so and you. I haven't watched any TV this week. <laughs> I know. You've been busy at work. But hey, now you won't be. <laughs> yay! Congratulations. Yay. <laughs> I started off so yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Not so good. I'm sorry. Hey, raise your hand if you're unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for my Trump check. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. We get a stimulus package. Be bigger than Obama's. You know, since I've been an adult, I've gotten paid by the government more than I feel like I should. I've been stimulated by the government (laughs) more times than I thought I would (laughs) as an adult. It's like, wow, this is weird. (laughs) Like, don't worry, guys. We're going to send you a check. Like, all right. Well, thanks, I guess. (laughs) Uh, anyway, that's our subjects for today. We'll end on that somber note of everybody losing their job. Hey, stay safe out there, guys. Don't, uh, don't associate with anybody that you know might be sick, Jude. And, uh, (laughs) don't, uh, don't go around any old people. Hey, Alex, is, uh, is organically (laughs) wonderful making, uh, homemade hand sanitizer yet? No, we are not. Actually, we're in, uh, we're in a bit of a shutdown because shipping right now is kind of at a halt. Uh, you can still pre-order things, uh, and then as soon as this all clears up, we'll start shipping things out again. Well, you know, one thing you can order is the digital version of Lawman, Rook and Behringer, Childhood Childhood Zen, releasing on March 20th, which will probably be here by the time this podcast comes out. You can also order the audio version of Lawman. Uh. Oh, I meant to ask you, what is is your cat's Instagram? Yes, Matt Vader, tell us about your cat's Instagram. I haven't even posted anything on it for a couple where can days. We, where can we yell at you on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Matt Vader? <laughs> at Matt Vader 74 And where's your cat at? Um, <laughs> truly Luli, right? No. What is it? No, for real. Truly, truly underscore Luli. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Nice. It's actually he's, a he's, there he is. He's, he's kind of pissed off right Dude, now. Dude, you're going to have so much Bye. free time to make funny oh, yeah. memes out of your cat. It's going to be oh hilarious. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at him. It's so funny. Yeah. How many followers does he have now? Um, I don't know. More uh, than Matt, probably. Oh, yeah. For sure. 127. Oh, my God. I have 250. If you beat me, I'm going to be pissed. Oh, I'm, I'm going to beat you by the end of next week. <laughs> you only have 250? Yeah, only have 250. Oh. Instagram cat people are next level weird. <laughs> That's, that's I love kinda, that. That's that's kind of why I did that because I, I saw this weird movie on Netflix about it's called uh, I don't remember what it was called some stupid cat meme name right and it's all about uh, people with cat Instagram accounts that have like millions of followers. There's a movie. About There's a, that? It's, a, it's a it's a documentary. Oh, this ties into the podcast. That's yeah, perfect. and uh, it's a trip. So I just, I, that's why I, mean, I did this is like, I got a cute cat. I, mean, I want to like see how this works. I and love that you're like secret agent your way into these people. <laughs> Jude, where can we find you on Twitter? At I am Jude Juju. I forgot for a minute. <laughs> At I am Jude Juju on Instagram, Twitter. That's it. Cool. What she, is she's been under quarantine. The Cat's Meow Review, a feature length advert, insufferable documentary. It's called Cat's the Movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with Cats, the movie. <laughs> the movie. Based on the musical. <laughs> movie. <laughs> Good Lord. I, I, I hear they're going to be releasing Cats early, too. Oh, oh speaking of Cats. <laughs> Here we go. Last night, Seth Rogen blasted out of his mind, token up. He's live tweeting as he's watching Cats. <laughs> 
epic. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like no, and like I saw last, it had ninety thousand retweets already. It's it's and it's like probably a good forty posts long. Wow! You you, you can tell he was just like completely ripped <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen his post this morning? He was like, "I look like I've been quarantined for three years." <laughs> <laughs> I love Seth. Rogen. That's amazing. Social, social media is going to be awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> Everybody great. has no job. They're I'm stuck sure inside. Those are ladies' glasses too. They look like yours, <laughs> just not pink. Yeah. We all need to get uh, Xboxes so we can like play games online. I got an Xbox One. I don't. I have a PlayStation. God, you PlayStation people. No, I envy you. Though. I, pre- I prefer PC anyway. Yeah, yeah me, me too. too. Fortnite. Just do Fortnite streams. <laughs> I'm not playing Fortnite. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! It's free. Where, where can we find you, Kadish? Oh, where can we find you, Kadish? Oh, on the socials. Look, he's got that look on his face down there. I was like, are we going to talk about me anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H, on Twitter and Instagram. You can also join my Facebook group, eggfbgroup.com. I'll take you right to it. Um, you can find my books at kadishbooks.com and my YouTube channel at kadishvideo.com. And uh, yeah, so I got a new new book coming out, first one in two years. I'm pretty excited about it. So be sure to check out Lawman, Rook and Berenger on Amazon. And, uh, you know, the audiobook is going to be available wherever audiobooks are sold. Yes. So. T minus two days. Yep. By the time this podcast comes out. Oh, yeah. By the time it's out, it'll be out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, as an audiobook uh, person and somebody who listens to a lot of audiobooks, I highly recommend it. The narration is on point. Uh, Also, the the sound editing and all that stuff is amazing. So good. It's really good. It really gets you into it. And I'm not just saying that because he's he's standing next to me and he's bigger than me. I'm just saying (laughs) it because I actually did really enjoy this book. So go check it out. It's a ton of fun. And uh, if you like sci fi at all, if you like Firefly, if you like anything in that realm, uh, and you like good audiobooks, go check it out. Yeah. Uh, Lawman, what is it? The Lawman, Rook and Berenger. Rook and Berenger. Childhood's in book one of the Galactic Ranger Chronicles. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to book two because I want to yeah. find out what happens. So uh, get moving there, Kadish. Do my best. How far are you into book two? <laughs> I'm like nine chapters in. Okay, cool. Are you going to keep it to like 20 chapters each or are you going to expound? Uh, it's, it's however long it's going to be. So, But it'll probably be around 50, 60. It takes as long words. as it takes, Rook. Yeah. This is true. I, I don't know anything about writing. I wish I did. I it's going like to be a book. I can promise. It'll be something cool. you can read. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there and, uh, you know, keep your conspiracy theory antennas tuned. Uh, wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> Use hand sanitizer. It's not going to help because it's airborne. Uh, Social distance yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the podcast. You can go back and listen to all of our other podcasts or you can follow me on Twitter at Salty Nerd or Instagram at Salty Nerd Podcast. And uh, you can check out all the posts that we do and all the stories that we make and all the cool freaking celebrity shout outs that we get. Shout out to Anthony and Gruber for doing the, uh, the intro to this uh, episode that was fantastic i'm super thrilled to have him and if you want to throw us a dollar a month and become a patreon you get to hear all of the cool shit we talk about before we do the show yes and how we were not so social distancing <laughs> or twenty dollars a month or a hundred dollars a month you could i mean i don't know if i have that option available but yeah sure <laughs> you can go to my paypal for a thousand dollars a month salty will come mill your yard <laughs> It'll redo your bathroom. Yes. <laughs> I know how to do that. Retile your bathroom. <laughs> All right, everybody. Peace out. Have a great one. Trump, 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 Trump,
Motor escalate, automotive center rate, light a candle, light a motor stand.